Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Goal! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. Yes, hello guys. Welcome to the SC Playbook podcast. Uh, it's round one. Can you believe it? It's uh, We've been waiting all preseason for this. I am absolutely pumped. My name is Eddie Dads. Uh, the podcast, as always, is proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. Uh, got one of the uh, couple of the original SC Playbook podcast members on with me today. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome Stevie Nico, uh, coach of Lovsky FC, the overall super coach runner-up in 2021. Nico, how are you on this fine uh, this fine Tuesday evening? Doing well, thank you, Eddie. Thanks for having me back on the pod. It's been a little while, uh, and I'm not surprised that I've been invited back when we're talking forwards and uh, cogs, obviously, mm. going to be prevalent <laughs> in those discussions. So glad to be here and, gl- and glad to be I guess, uh, right at the the business end at round one. Oh, how good is this? It's so exciting. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, Nico, there will be some cogs chat tonight. Um, I'm just going to yeah warn you fair and square there uh, for those who aren't aware. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on it later. There was there was an incident last season, but we won't we won't go too deep into it. Um, and also joining me on the other line is uh, Dylan Bolch, journalist at the Herald Sun, uh, very active Twitter profile. Please go and check him out um, at Dylan Bolch. Dylan, how are you tracking along this evening? Yeah, good. Thanks, Eddie. Glad to uh, be approaching round one. We've put in uh, weeks and months of, of research and, and tinkering, and now it's finally upon us. It is super exciting. I can't wait to get into all the stuff we've got today. With we've got an absolute stack of things to get to. Um, first off, we've got the news. Uh, we've got some. We're finishing off our chat on each line. We're going to go through the forwards today. Um, we're going to do some listener Q and A's. Uh, we've got some quick fire questions at the end, and yeah, just lots of fantastic stuff to look at. Um, let's get straight into it, boys. Uh, obviously, leading into round one, there's a lot of news floating around. Luckily, we've finally got some sort of confirmed stuff. We've been talking pre- all preseason about how hard it is to sort the fact from the fiction. We've finally got some facts coming our way, which is fantastic to see. Uh, Dylan, run us through what, what's come through your desk today. What are we seeing in the lead up to round one? Yeah, so, I mean, being round one, we'll see a lot of debutants hopefully this week. Um, Carlton sort of kicked things off with Lockie Cowan, who won the NAB League Best and Fairest last year, is a, a pretty solid halfback. And um, Ollie Hollands, who's a, an outside midfielder at this point in time there. Um, I've got Cowan, I don't have Hollands, but hopefully they can both be um, decent rookies for us. And then Harry Sheasel at North Melbourne is a, a popular forward rookie. He was, um, I guess, confirmed... This evening, and then West Coast have announced um, another three. So, um, Ruben Jinby, who's outside of Ashcroft, probably the best rookie to pick. Um, Noah Long and Campbell Chesser as well. It's been a fantastic crop already. This is this is a sort of five or six of the guys that we were really hoping we're going to get named. Um, these uh, are really important super coach names. They've been sitting on our teams for a long time. Uh, Nico, which of those guys have you currently got in your team um, pending sort of other announcements during the week and which are you, are you potentially going to give a miss? I've got Campbell Chesser, obviously Ruben Gimme. I think most people should be having him. I've actually put Noah Long in uh, as well from West Coast. He's got the good mid-forward flexibility and he's at that 117k price point, which is enticing as well. Uh, a lot of wraps on him um, coming out of the camp. Got Lockie Cowan. I'm probably going to be passing on Ollie Hollands at that inflated starting price and I'm not sure about Harry Sheasel, but I've, I think I've got him in at the moment. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go on that one in, in the next couple of days. Sheasel is a fascinating one. He does come at that um, elevated price tag, Nico. You, you know, it is when it's 80K different from the likes of a Noah Long, um, it is a little bit, uh, it does make you pause slightly. Um, Sheasel's currently in my team just because I think uh, from all I've heard from North, they're sort of desperate to get him up and involved in the ball. So even if he's not playing, you know, and if he's not seeing much of it in the forward pocket, uh, the what I've heard is that they'll push him up, push him up the ground a little bit more, get him involved. Um, so he's currently in my side. Dylan, um, is, is he is he sitting at your F5 or F6 at the moment? Yeah, at this stage, I do have him. I think um, he'll probably start as that half forward, um, which isn't great for his scoring potential, but we've seen him run through the midfield and play a half back in the practice matches too. So for me, there's enough positive signs there to 
hopefully justify that inflated price tag. Um, and at the end of the day, I completely agree. Now, obviously, we at the time of recording, it is about 9 p.m. on uh, Tuesday night. So uh, there are going to be a lot of uh, further additions and changes to the team. So please keep your eye on our Twitter feeds. Uh, We will be keeping you updated as we go and hear the big news. Um, Nico, I wanted to throw to you because uh, you've had some injury stuff come across your desk this week. Um, You've been keeping an eye on on certain uh, guys might be carrying a few niggles. Uh, What have you got for us? Yeah, bit of news out of the kennel, Arthur Jones and... Uh, Waitman uh, are both out, so that might be good for McLean's job security. At the Saints, Caulfield is out for four to six weeks with a calf, uh, which might open the door uh, for players like Stocker. Uh, we've got Zorko confirmed out uh, as well from Brisbane. That is a couple of interesting little nuggets there. Um, the Toby McLean relevance of that, uh, yeah, just being able to keep his role, because I think that's the major worry that I have with starting with him anyway, is that he's you know a bad week away from getting dropped. So that might help things a little bit. Um, now, I don't know about you boys. Uh, I know you're already shacked up, Nico, but if you are under a bit of pressure to tie the knot, but tied up by your finances, say I do to Pat and George helping you to fund your wedding. Don't make your missus compromise on her dress or your uncle compromise on how many schooners he polishes off. The boys can make sure you get your cash quickly to make your special day unforgettable. Um, If a big ceremony isn't your goal, then the boys can also help make your honeymoon a trip to remember, not a debt to regret. Um, If if there's ever a good reason for a loan, it's love. So shoot Pat and George a message on their Instagram handle at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also jump into any of the articles on the SC Playbook website for the email, phone contact details, or even a QR code if that's easier. That's how tech savvy we are at SC Playbook at the moment. Uh, boys, a lot to get through um, in this podcast, but before we sort of get into the structured stuff, I did just want to check in with with how your teams are looking. Um, we are releasing team reveals on the SC Playbook website as we go. I dropped mine today. I think, Nico, you've got one of yours coming. Um, if it's not out already, um, we've got a couple in the mix. So um, just before we get into the big stuff, Nico, what's giving you a headache at the moment? What What are the big decisions left on the table? Yeah, for me at the moment, it's, it's probably still whether or not I go a proper D2. I've gone very, very slim in defense still. Uh, I have also made a, a big call. I, I made a little bit of a rookie mistake by not having enough money for Cowan. So I had Chinchotter in there. So I had to sacrifice Lockie Neal down to Josh Kelly, which um, mm. gave me a little bit of funds to, to fix up the bench spots there. But um, So now I'm kind of looking at that as well. And Neal's sort of leaving a little bit of a hole there perhaps. But yeah, um, just just those little things. I've been pretty pretty solid with my structure. Uh, Eddie, um, sorry, Errol Gordon has um, has thrown a bit of a spanner in, in the works as well with his 188 in the Pracky match. So I've had to s- squeeze him in at F5 there. So other than that, um, pretty consistent with um, yeah with my uh, with my lineup. Errol has made himself slightly indispensable after that uh, that practice game performance. Uh, it might go down as one of the great practice game performances of all time, um, if we're being frank about it. Um, Nico, the one that I did want to just touch on that you were speaking about there is uh, Josh Kelly. He's been uh, the subject of some debate in our contributors' chat over the last few days. Uh, I think it's it, there seems to be two very distinct camps when it comes to Josh Kelly. Uh, you're either in or you're out, and it sounds like you're in. I'm in. He, he dropped about a 130-odd in the practice match. He's going to have... Uh, a bit more of a secure role with a couple of departures from GWS's midfield from the looks of things. He's going to be more primarily inside and, and with, you know, not as many rotations as potentially he's had in the past or or not get stuck out on a wing for a whole quarter or something like that. So I think there's definitely some upside at his price at 582. And I can definitely see him starting the year with a bang considering the Giants have got a really easy first five rounds. Um, this they season. do. They've got a fantastic first five rounds, uh, extremely enticing stuff. I think they play uh, St Kilda, Essendon, Carlton, Gold Coast or something, Hawthorne as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a very, very good run. Um, Dylan, uh, are you in or out on Josh Kelly? Um, no, he's burnt me one too many times. I don't I don't care for the CBA numbers and whatever else. His calves are, are paper thin. Um, don't want him. <laughs> I haven't even considered it. It was probably a good thing I wasn't uh, within fine range when he went off. Um, so I haven't, I haven't even looked into it, uh, except people have said, oh, get Josh Kelly, Josh Kelly. No, thanks. I'll leave that to those far more risk, uh, those risk takers amongst us. 
Absolutely love that. Uh, I'm, unfortunately, Nico, I'm leaning with Dylan on this one. I'm a I'm a Josh Kelly naysayer. I, I just think there are there are so many options in the midfield. I just I want someone that I can be relatively certain is at least going to play inside midfield or be in the guts for large parts of the year. And I just don't trust GW Lewis not to throw him out on a wing at the first sign of uh, the first sign of trouble. So that's where I stand on Josh Kelly. He's definitely got upside, but like at the end of the day, everyone is expecting Tom Green to boom again. Whitfield's apparently going to score more points this year. Perryman's, you know, touted for, for more CBAs. Callahan. Callahan's touted for more CBAs. Lucky Ash. Like, we've just reeled five or six guys off. Cornelio. Cornelio as well. They can't all be scoring 110, can they? No, that, I think that's where I stand. I think Tom Green is the sort of slightly budget option to Josh Kelly that um, just gives you a little slightly more certainty. So that's where I'm landing. Uh, Dylan, what else is going on in, in your team? You've been out of service the last sort of week or so, which I, I think could probably be a blessing or a curse. Uh, you've been trying to catch up to speed the last sort of 48 hours. Um, yeah, how's the side looking now? Yeah, looking okay. I've got, I'm still undecided on my R2. Um, I think it'll probably end up being... One of Sean Darcy, Tim English, or Darcy Cameron, um, and I guess to free up those funds, I'll have to downgrade either a Stewart um, or a, I guess a Canelio maybe. So yeah, a few, few 50-50 calls to make between now and then, but I think the, the bones of it, probably 27 out of 30 players are locked in. Is there any team selection news that would sort of throw you out? Is like, is there a guy that you're sort of kind of dependent on being in the side that, that could potentially mess with your structure? Uh, not really. I guess, like, if a Conor McKenna didn't get picked or a Cam McKenzie didn't get picked, that would, you know, free up 50k here or there, um, which which might make things a little bit easier. But at the end of the day, I'm going to have to find a little bit more than that anyway. Um, so not really, yeah. Nico, one of the things we were discussing in our chat today, which I found interesting, was that, um, yeah, on the back of my team reveal on the Supercoach website, you commented that I had a lot of cash on my bench, um, whereas you, so one of the things that you that was different about our, was our teams was that um, I was carrying more cash as opposed to you. Um, yeah, run us through your sort of strategy when it comes to, to, keeping, to keeping a bit of cash on the bench. Yeah, so I'm just trying to maximise points on field with that. So... Um... That's that's the the plan, and having guys at around that 123, 124 mark uh, on the bench. However, I do have 65k sitting there just in case. Uh, I do want to have that added security, which I know you like, Eddie, of, of having maybe instead of a Wilmot um, there, maybe having a, a bit of a better uh, defensive option because I have gone so skinny on field, and if Constable gets dropped or um, Bose doesn't work out, or I might you know even have Crozier in there, so. There are some risky options there, so perhaps having that that player like um, you know Connor there at, at the one seventy might actually make you know that, that sleep at night factor a little bit easier. Yeah, I think that my response to your um, stance on that was that I I love the security of just knowing that um, whatever happens on Thursday night, I'm going to be able to move cash around fairly easily and cover it. So if McKenna isn't named, you know, I potentially have a bit of cash to yeah get up to someone uh, a little bit higher in that sort of 200k range that, that's guaranteed a game. Um, yeah, that's my sort of strategy, and I think you can definitely go either way. And yeah, it is potentially sacrificing sort of short term points on field to shore up your your off field stuff. So um, yeah, a couple of interesting little strategies. There now, obviously, one of the big parts of uh, of this weekend is going to be picking your vice captain uh, and captain. Um, we normally do this at the end of the pod, but I thought, given we're discussing team stuff at the moment, it's probably worth just diving into a little bit. Um, obviously, the opening game of the round, Richmond Carlton. We've then got Geelong Collingwood Friday night, and then North West Coast on Saturday Arvo. So they're probably the prime sort of vice captaincy games. Port Adelaide Brisbane on um, Saturday night as well. Uh, Nico, where are you leaning at the moment when it comes to vice captain and captaincy? Yeah, Bont VC, Laird C, easy game. No, uh, if I don't hit one of them, then um, I don't know that my starting lineup's gone a little bit, gone a little bit AWOL. But uh, I think, I think Melbourne versus the Bulldogs at the G, we'll, we'll probably see some high-scoring SuperCoach points from from the big dogs there. Um, and if I get anything around sort of the 125, 130 mark, uh, I'll probably just be locking that in. There is obviously a little bit of a, a whispers going around uh, about Rory Laird getting attention uh, in the in the Giants game you know and, and they're that's at giant stadium as well so who knows that might be a, a slightly trickier one to to start off with so i think 
banking that 125, 130 might be a smart play. Dylan, can I just dangle a little Sam Doherty at the G against the Tigers on Thursday night against you? Dropped 144 against them last uh, last year this time. Um, is he a little a little carrot for you there? Yeah, so I had the same VCC that, that Nico had, but I had Doherty there as a smoky. So if you do want one of the Thursday night games um, or a player from Thursday night, I, I don't mind the Doherty pick. There are still, I guess, some question marks over his role and whether it's midfield or defence or a mixture or, or whatever it is. So I, I, I do prefer the security, I guess, for want of a better word, of a, a Bont or a lad. But, yeah, if you're feeling a little bit different and, and wanting to try and get a head start early, I certainly don't mind the Doherty pick as a VC. Yeah, so I think for most people, Laird's going to be the captaincy option. Um, I, I think most people, you know, at least fifty percent of teams will probably end up with with Rory Laird in there. So he's going to be the he's going to be the captaincy option for all of those teams you'd imagine. Um, Clayton Oliver's the other sort of prime candidacy option on a Saturday night against the Bulldogs. The other one that I haven't seen mentioned much, Nico, uh, is Josh Dunkley on Saturday Arvo against Port Adelaide. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those ones where you know, new club. It kind of yeah, it, it makes you a little, gives you the heebie-jeebies a little bit, giving a captaincy armband or a vice captaincy armband to a guy. To, you know, a brand new club. He only had seventy eight at Adelaide Oval last year against Port. Um, is that one? Is Dunkley in the mix for you, or is, is it locked away with uh, with the two that you've already chosen? Oh look, it, there's no doubt he can he can drop a big score. He'll he'll probably have like eight to ten tackles or something and. Um, and obviously get a fair share of the, of the ball. And if he can hit the scoreboard, he's probably on his way to a 150 there kind of already. But yeah, I just think, I don't know, players like Bont, they could drop a 200, you know, so I'm kind of leaning that way. Um, look, it, it's still a good shout. Like, no, no issues whatsoever going Dunkley. I just, I think I just prefer Bont slightly bigger upside in that situation. I think you're probably on balance uh, on the money there, Nico, but a lot of good options in the mix. Uh, yeah, if you don't have any of those guys, or any of the premium mids, I think will be a good VC option this week. Um, boys, it's obviously a huge time of the year for content uh, in the Supercoach world, so I did want to give the SC Playbook subscription package a bit of a plug. Uh, at the moment, it's $50 for our full package, which includes all of our NRL, AFL, and BBL content for the next 12 months. Um, if you're not a rugby league or a BBL fan, uh, don't worry. It's just $30 for the AFL package. Uh, and what that gets you is extra premium articles every single round. Uh, you get access to our WhatsApp group uh, where we hold weekly Q&As uh, with contributors and the SC Playbook community. Uh, Nico, you've been very involved in that chat. Um, I pop in every now and then. We've had Rain Man and Charlie in there as well. Uh, it's absolutely popping off at the moment. Some really good advice going on in there. So would recommend that one. Um, and you also get, as part of the package, you get access to our major unlimited group prize. So don't miss out on this one. It's $500 top prize for the top ranked subscriber to knock off our team. And if a non-subscriber wins, we'll split $250 each between the winner and the, with the winner and the runner-up. Um, you can obviously even join that if you're not a subscriber, so don't miss out on that one. The unlimited group code is 345511. Now, boys, this whole preseason, or at least the last four weeks of it, we've been running through each line on the Supercoach field. Uh, we did Charlie did a great job last week going through the rucks. Uh, it was an extremely interesting podcast. If you do want any of that analysis, go back through our last couple of podcasts and have a listen. It's been really good stuff. We are going to do the forwards at this point in time. Uh, there's a lot going on in the forward line. I think it's probably my favorite line to talk about this year because there are so many different ways you can go, so many paths you can go down, so many interesting players. Uh, Dylan, at this point in time, uh, noting this is yeah a couple of days before round one, what is the structure you're rolling within the forward line and what players is are sitting in what positions? So at the moment, I've got four primos in the forward line. I've got Dunkley, who's a no-brainer. Cornelio, who I like and seems to be becoming a little bit of a point of difference. Um, Connor Rosie and Tim Taranto are both very highly owned. And then I've got Harry Sheasel, Toby McLean, Mateus Filippo and Fergus Green as my four rookie options. Now, that's very interesting, Dylan. Uh, now, we have got to the spot in the podcast, Nico, unfortunately, where we are going to have to talk about Canelio. Uh, you were dreading this one, but I think it's about time. He, I think it's the, the Errol factor has uh, has absolutely knocked him around, Canelio. So um, I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but I suspect pre-Errol's game, he would have been sort of in the 35 to 40% ownership range. Since then, he's now down at 16%. Six, only 16% of teams are owning Stephen Cornelio, and I reckon that number was, was yeah, extremely high a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Nico, talk me through your thoughts on Cogs. Uh, you can go back to last year if you want to, but uh, specifically referring to this season. Yeah, so I was, I was pretty adamant on, on trading him last year um, when he 
when he bottomed out after a, a 30 that he got. So, um, and obviously it turns out that Leon Cameron didn't know how to coach. So, Cornelio is a good gun inside mid, and that is where he's going to be playing. He has had a few knocks already in, in the Pracky matches, which is also a slight concern. Um, however, we know he can score big, and look, he's playing inside mid, and he can pick him as a forward. They've got that easy draw, which we've touched on. I really think it's a no-brain pick. I've got him in at F2 at the moment. Yep, I like it. Um, that is, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of the ones. I I was one of the people that has been sucked in by Errol. Um, I had obviously the four main forwards, uh, the Taranto, Rosie, Dunks, and Cogs. One of those for me in my structure had to make way, and uh, Cogs was the weakest link of the four in my opinion. Uh, Dylan, can you talk me in or out of that? Is there is there any of those other three that you that you drop out for Errol ahead of Cogs? Uh, probably not, but I think I have those four well and truly ahead of Errol. But that's just me. Um, I'd probably. A little bit, oh, you go, Nico. Taranto, maybe. I reckon he could possibly fade Taranto with his disposal hmm. um, and his and his efficiency. You know, troubles which probably limit his ceiling. So, yeah, I mean, Cogs is what fifty k more expensive. So it depends what you can do with that extra money as well. Yeah, I think the 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 thing with Taranto that gets me is uh, I just saw some comments coming out of Richmond uh, of the sort of how highly they rate him after this preseason with him, and um, it seems it, you know to me it seems like he's sort of being groomed as the you know the heir apparent to you know the Cochin era, Dusty era in the midfield. It sounds like he's going to be the next big dog. Um, surprisingly, uh, I think this was surprising for me was that Connor Rosie uh, was was definitely not one of the options I was considering dropping for. Errol, he feels like one of the potential star breakouts of this season. Um, obviously, Kane Corn's been in his corner for quite some time, which uh, does tend to, you know, put the naysayers on his back a little bit. But I, I think he's going to be an absolute star. Um, Dylan, are you a fan? Are you in? Uh, I, I wasn't, but I am now. Um, I, I think we saw enough in the preseason hitouts to see that he'll get a significant enough midfield role, uh, which is. Which is positive, and as as Nico mentioned, he's about fifty k cheaper than than a Canelio type. So yeah, he's in he's in for me. Um, I think he, his ceiling is really appealing. A lot of coaches like me moved heaven and earth to get Errol in. Um, Nico, I just it, it's starting to make me a little bit nervous how many people are, are currently owning um, Errol. It's just it's sort of a little bit out of control. I said in my um, in my team reveal today, it's a good thing. I said in my team reveal today though, and I, I, I use it in the context of Tom Green, but I think it also applies to Errol Gordon. It feels like he has pod downside without the upside of actually being a pod um in that you know it could go it could honestly go either way he he could be fantastic but he could also really flop i mean sydney are a quality side he's now in 37 percent of teams which is absurd um yeah is is there any case to be made at this point that that you should not start with errol oh look not really i think as that number gets higher it's um it's a safer play to pick him because you you're, you're with the masses so if he fails and, and you're trading you know, a lot of people are in the same boat. So you, you're kind of, you're with the peloton to use a, a cycling term. So look, yeah, I've got Gordon in there at, at F5. Um, I, I like him there. Look, no doubt he could easily drop a couple of 70s or something round one and round two. And then you kind of like, oh, where do I go from here? Do I just go down to a Tanner Bruin or something like that? Uh, or try and, you know, get him up to, to a more or something. But um, look, I think he's looking pretty good there. I think you know, his ceiling is is really enticing. And I mean, what, he had 10% CBAs last year and all the word is that that's just going to probably be multiplied by four this time around. So, I mean, that just means more points, like easily. It just means more points. So I think he's a pretty safe pick. The thing is as well is that this is, isn't sort of coming out of nowhere, this uh, this rise. We, we have really seen the, the, the breadcrumbs to him becoming a really star player over the last couple of years. He dropped a couple of enormous scores last year, a 155 against the Giants, uh, a 103 in the prelim against the Magpies, Nico. Started um, his career with 230s. Uh, he's he's a beast. Um, I just don't know how Sydney keep finding these players. It's it's unbelievable. Um, they're quite <laughs> seem to be coming quite adept at this drafting game. Um, <laughs> it's impressive. Now um, we do have other premiums to talk about. Just on, can we just talk about Gordon for a sec? I want to pose this question to you both as as two that are on Gordon. So these are the CBA numbers from last year. Luke Parker seventy two percent, Chad Warner sixty three percent, Callum Mills fifty six percent, James Rowbottom fifty percent. Papley thirty one percent, Heaney thirteen, Flint eleven, 
Goulden 10. Who's, who's going to drop out? Yeah, who's, mm. who's dropping for Goulden to rise? Probably Parker. Par- yeah, Parker. Bit. Yeah, Parker yeah. spends more time forward, definitely. Maybe Papley at the start of the year. He's coming back from injury. They might ease him back into it a little bit. I'm not a Papley midfield guy. I, I know that they seem to be intent on playing him through there, but I just don't he's know why. You, I know he is, but he's also incredible up forward. Um, I just I think he's more of a threat forward than he is through the midfield. So maybe him. Um, yeah, Florent probably hasn't come along as much as they would have liked. Uh, he's shown some promise, hasn't really broken through. Maybe him. Does he go off a wing? Um, it is a pretty good point, Dylan. I just I don't think they'd be this blatant about their admiration for Errol if there wasn't you know a very big chance, if not a definite chance that he does actually get that CBA increase um, at least to start the year. Um, yeah, I, I think I personally am I'm all in. Just but yeah, I think it's more just because you watch Errol and you go, yeah, this this guy can play. Like it's you know he he genuinely is a very very good footballer and, and brings a lot to the table. Luke Parker himself was in the media saying that he's definitely going to get more midfield time. Um, Errol, that is. So yeah, look, not sure how they're going to do it, but I'm positive they're going to do it. It's a fearsome midfield. Um, other premium options. So we've got the we got the big five that we've we've sort of touched on. So that's your Dunkley, Taranto, Rosie, Canelio, and Errol. Um, I want to go more towards any other premiums. Uh, is it is a Dylan Moore type anywhere on your radar, Nico? Nico, you had a good experience with him last year. Oh my you? god! Yeah, please um, don't rehash this. He's got he's got a history of starting really hot and then fades away in in the second half. So, and that you kind of don't want that with scaling and how that kind of all that works. So, look, I don't know. I think he's no doubt he could probably average around sort of that you know, 90 to, you know, 105 kind of range. Um, but I don't see him really pushing up to to what Rosie's going to hit this year and potentially Taranto and Cogs and Dunkley. So I think there's just better options around sort of his price there. Um, yeah. Safer options. Dylan, you're the you're the Hawthorne expert out of the the the, two, the three of us. Um, I, with more, I just I think that the same applies as, as applied to Errol in that there is there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed in that Hawthorne midfield this year. A lot of young guys that they need to blood. Um, personally, I don't think Moore is that good as a midfielder. I know he scored well at times last year. I was watching him very closely because it was hurting me every time he was he was burning me. Um, and he just didn't blow me away as, you know, he's not that clean. He's not overly clean. He's not overly tough. He doesn't really stand out. So is he going to get that midfield time that he'd need to be a, a premium forward? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And I think our lack of superstars, I guess, at Hawthorne, bodes well for his midfield time, I would think, more than anything, especially if we're getting smashed. I can see us, you know, very quickly going, oh, let's throw more into the middle. The one, I guess the the positive for him is that he's got a really good tank. Like, he's one of the best runners yeah. at the club and he, and he likes to get up the ground, um, which I guess is better for Supercoach than your traditional small forward that sits in the pocket and has 10 and might kick three every, every second week. Um, I, I do agree, though, with what you're both saying about how there's... There's greater upside, and I guess certainty, certainty around a, a Rosie or a Cornelio or a, even an Errol. I think he's more likely to play midfield than what Moore is. Um, and given, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Hawthorne won less than three games all year. Um, it would be hard to pick a primo like, a, yeah. I, I just there's too much going against him to start with him. I would have thought. Yeah, I'm completely agreeing with that. Um, the only other premium or semi-premium option that I had for you guys was uh, Dustin Martin at 480k. Nico, uh, he's in somehow 11% of teams. Uh, which yeah, those 11% of teams, I'm not sure if they're following. Living in the past, I think. Not sure if they're following football too closely. So we might leave that one alone. I think they might be a- trying to just win the round one. Prize money. Like True. He's, After he's he kicks six on the yeah, he kicks <laughs> six and has forty against the Blues. Um, we've already already sort of touched on Errol as a mid price option. The next one that uh, I really really want to talk about because he hasn't even entered my team this preseason, but he seems to be in a lot of teams. Um, is uh, Nat Fife, Nico? Where do you stand on Fife? Uh, talk me through your thoughts. Passing, kick three goals on the weekend and only got eighty. He's going to play too much forward. He's not going to get enough mid time. To like what average 100, which which you'll need to to you know make that 150k and be a, a proper stepping stone to to somebody else. So yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy just to to watch him play, which obviously is very fun to do. But he won't be in my team. He is eighth highest owned amongst all the forwards right now, um, which is uh, yeah, I I love it, Nico, because I'm firmly with you. I, I just don't think. 
uh, his days as a super coach uh, star are, are still here. I think his body just isn't going to do it for him anymore. And and the, the Dockers, frankly, don't need him through the midfield. They've got a fantastic midfield without him. Um, he's at 42% ownership, Dylan. Um, has he floated through your team this preseason? Oh, I started with him in one of my very, very, very initial drafts, but he hasn't been in there for probably about a month now. I think the forward time and I guess Fremantle's openness about how they don't want to rely on him. You know, traditionally in the past, they've gone, oh, five star guy, he's our star player. We're going to put so much onto him, but they've been really open about how, you know, they've got their Brayshaws, they've got the Sarongs, they've got Mundy since moved on, but, you know, these these sort of players that are, are young and coming through and, and really... I guess proving their worth. Um, so it certainly seems as though five Supercoach days are numbered. I, I could see a start though where he hits, you know, an average of ninety-five in the first six weeks and, and makes uh, makes his hundred hundred and fifty k and is worthwhile. I just think it's yeah, it's one of those things. If he turns out two hundreds in the first week, you can always pivot to him. Um, but yeah. he could just as easily score two sixties and then you're like, what are you going to do with that? I I actually can't believe he's in forty-two percent attempts. I know. That's I know. that's blown my mind. I'm shocked by that too. I think what you said that last there, Dylan, was the key point in that um, the the risk of actually not starting with him isn't that high because he is so cheap. Um, you are going to be able to you are going to be able to move things around to get him in if you need to. Um, I think that I feel similarly about. And we don't need to retouch on it, but I feel similarly about Elliot Yo. Um, in that I think uh, if I don't start with him, it's not a huge loss because I can just pivot to him very quickly. If like you say, Nico, he does pump out two hundreds and looks fantastic. Um, so that's where I stand on Yo. Sounds like we're all out on him. A um, couple other quick options: Nick Martin, uh, Nico. Nah, no, no interest there. He, he's been he did come through my team a fair bit earlier uh, in the preseason, but I think the risk the risk profile is just too high there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's better options at his price, like easily. Yeah, I agree. Um, Jason Horn Francis was sort of toast of the month for a little bit there in uh, in sort of late Jan, early Feb. Dylan, um, any of that tickle your fancy? No, nah, I. No, nah, not at all. I think what we saw last year, I know it was there were a lot of things going on, but all the things that you'd want in an AFL footballer, he didn't put in front of us last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, hard pass on that one. I agree. 348K, so again, um, the worst case is, is not a disaster if you do end up not starting with him and end up and, and have to pivot to him. I think uh, he's gettable. Um, yeah, what else have we got here? Where am I missing? Tanner Brune, Nico. Um, mm. I, I, I want to talk about Tanner Brune. Uh, he's one of those guys that um, I, I sort of remember watching him. It would, would have been early doors in his career and being like, who the hell is that? He looks so good on the football field. He looks like he's been out there for, for years. He's really composed. He's really tough. Um, he passes the eye test. Obviously, at Geelong now, coming from the Giants. Um, yeah, is he going to get opportunities, Nico? I think he will. Uh, Matt Forrest, who's a, a good name to follow on Twitter, has um, been you know, at training and said that, that Tanner looks like he's locked into a, a midfield spot coming into round one. So, I mean, at 311K as a forward, he very, very enticing option. Whether or not he plays well enough to maintain that role and his spot in the side, I guess, is the query. Um, however, yeah, look, I've seen a lot of teams, even with him at F6. So, mm. I mean, there's... Jeez, um, deep. Yeah, very, very deep. But, look, the Cats do need some some young blood in that that midfield. There's no doubting that danger. Looks like he's taking a step back and, and playing more forward. So, uh, look, I think, I think the spots are there and probably a couple of spots. So, yeah. Uh, I was remiss of, to actually ask you this earlier, Nico, but um, what, what structure are you rolling with currently in the forwards? Uh, in the forwards, I've got the four big um, ones, so Dunkley, Cogs, Rosie, Taranto. I've got Golden in there as F5, and I've got Sheasel at F6, mm-hmm. Green and uh, Noah Long at um, F8. Brune, Dylan, are you, are you a believer? Mm. Uh, I'm sort of on the fence with him. Um, I, have, I haven't seen enough to, to be swayed either way yet. Um, I, I, I do. It does concern me that, you know, we're talking about Tanner Bruin being a good pick. Jack Bowes has been floated. Radigalea is apparently going to, like, I just, uh, there seems to be so many moving pieces for a side that just won a premiership. Yeah. I'm not sure that that, and they do, and, and it could be Bruin that, that is the one that, that benefits straight off the bat, but there's just, yeah, I guess that having only the one official practice match doesn't help, but there's just a lot going on at Geelong at the moment. He did have seven tackles and 11 contested possessions. So they're really, like, really good indicators that they're going to score well. So he had a dream team of 74. 
and a super coach of 112 because of that. So I think he's got the right game to, to score well. I just I just thinking about my risk profile and that kind of thing. I just I just don't know if I can take the jump. Yeah, he. Uh, if, if, if I had one more spot on my team, if you could have a utility like you do in AFL Fantasy, uh, he would be in my team, I reckon, because, yeah, I think Nico, he, he just, for me, he passed the eye test. And I think with players like that, like you say, they don't necessarily need the role to make it their own. Um, you know, he could play a lot off half forward. You know, he might still average 95 to 100 doing that, which is which is what you'd need from from him to sort of make justify the pick. So. He's a really, really interesting one. Um, I don't. Do we put any stock into where he's named in the team on Thursday night, Nico? Nah, not really. Nah. It's, I mean, it's, it would be annoying. It would be nice to see him named on ball. No, like, no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, outside of that, oh, look, I don't think it matters. No, uh, we're just going to have to. Yeah, if you're going to go with that, you're going to have to fully commit to it. Um, any other mid prices I've missed, Dylan? Uh, maybe Ben Cunnington it might be worth just quickly yep. mentioning. I think. I think discounted but seems like he might be phased out of that midfield role and then becomes a pretty awkward pick but I mean if he does have a full-time CBA role I could see him doing pretty well yeah Zeeble's another one as well obviously Mm. moved back to defense which he did with a plum two years ago I'm not sure he's got kickouts though so I just I just refuse to believe that Alistair Clarkson would see the value in in giving him that cheapy role across half like what what is the point I, I could just, actually see Zebel in the twos by the end of the year. But yeah. He's not good one on one either. Like he's a no. terrible defender. Yeah, it just again that was one of the that was someone that he could have done. A, he could have scored 180 in the preseason, and I still wouldn't have touched him. It just yeah, the the logic test doesn't pass for me with that one. Um, yeah, kick out, I'd go there. Oh, Nico, come on. Um, we need to get to rookies and cheapies. Um, yeah, we've obviously had uh, Sheasel named. Uh, we've already spoken about him. Um, the other interesting one is Fergus Green, Dylan. Uh, he's at that basement price. Uh, is he going to be playing for Hawthorne on the weekend? Yeah, definitely pick him. Um, he's cheap. I don't know that he'll score that well, and I don't know how confident I would be fielding him, but yeah, lock for a bench spot for us. That's extremely handy. Uh, he actually comes fairly highly rated, right? Like he, he's not going to be a one-and-done sort of in for a couple of weeks and out. Like they, they genuinely do quite like him, don't they? Yeah, he's been um, – so he's listed by the Bulldogs probably four or five years ago, got delisted and has since been – in the VFL, um, was really good for Box Hill the past couple of years, so so got an opportunity. But there's no other options at Hawthorne at the moment. Mitch Lewis is out for the next four to six weeks with a knee issue. Um, Emerson Jacker, who was going to play key back and then was going to play key forward when Lewis went down, he's also out with a, I think it might be a hamstring. So outside of, I guess, Kaczynski and the rest in Rock, we don't really have any other tall options. So, yeah, he'll play and play a lot, I would have thought. Who are you rolling with at F7 and 8 at the moment, Nico? I've got Green at F7 and I've got Noah Long just because he's been named uh, at F8. Okay. Do we, how, what sort of other players would have to come into teams for you to not pick Long? Like what, what sort of names are you looking out for that would, would supplant Long from that oh, F8 role? Maybe Sturt, maybe at, at Frio, but Frio's a really good team and how long is he going to stay in there? It's at kind of like one bad game and you're out kind of scenario. So I'm kind of hoping to, to not start with Sturt. What about Blake Drury? No, he won't play. No, I no. I heard a little whisper today that he might get a look in. Um, yeah, we'll have to see on that one. I personally don't I, – I would be very surprised if he played, but um, the person I spoke to today seemed quite confident that he would. Um, yeah, we'll see how Just that one goes. They've named Sheasel. Usually they name him in the – in the bunch. That's true. That's a very good point, Dylan. Um, can I throw Jai Menzi at you? He's slightly elevated at 154. Um, I don't know if the role is going to be any good. There's some talk that he's going to play a little bit up the guts. I don't really believe it. Um, I'm not sure He'll we need him. he just play small forward in a, a poor team, won't he? Yeah, like- that, that's my worry. That's my worry. And, you know, I'd, I would think that if there was going to be sort of a little bit of guts time for one of those small mids, it would probably go to the Orwin Davey, who is extremely exciting and looks fantastic. So I think it's probably one or the other for me, Davey or Menzi. Um, Davey's it, much cheaper. Basically. Yeah, he is, he's 117K and Menzi's 154. So um, big difference there. I, I do think I do think there's a chance, though, that Menzi comes out really hot and we need to jump on him um, before I had a round three because uh, he's a bit of a mercurial footballer by all accounts. Um Radigalia, Dylan, we did mention him very briefly. Uh, is he currently sitting there for you so you can rotate with uh, with R3? Yeah, I've got him at the moment, but it's an interesting one. I could see him averaging 30, but I could also see him averaging 75 or 80. I think 
Um, I, don't, I don't quite know where I sit with him, and he, he could be one that, you know, if I, if I need an extra 50K, he makes way, but at the same time, I could see him being one of the better rookie options if he gets that intercept, intercept role. Oh, he just screams of a tactical sub to me. If he's having, you know, a, a poor first half, they could just boot him and then put someone else on. That's um, a really good point, you know, We have to think about this year. It's um, a good point. I don't mind the swing. The, I don't mind the F3, sorry, the um, R3, F7 swing. I don't mind that. Mm, it's just, but, yeah. yeah. definitely don't have him on the field. No, absolutely I don't not. have him at R2, for goodness sakes. I'm no, sorry. that that would be one of the most bold moves I've ever seen. I d- definitely don't rate that one. Um, if he was in my R2, the team I sent you lads today, he was R2. Because I hadn't looked at it in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Love it. Um, I don't know why I mentioned it. No. <laughs> Vicious Nico. Um, Matthias Philippou, 166k. Is he going to play at St Kilda, Dylan? Yeah, good player. He'll play. I think he'll play a lot of games as well. They, they'll they try these young guys out, um, especially early on when they've got a few, well, a lot of injuries, actually. Um, I, I, I'm not quite sure what we'll get scoring-wise, but I think he'll do enough to, to be a solid pick. Yep, nice. Uh, anyone else that we need to touch on there, Nico? Anyone that I've yeah. missed, that I'm missing? Oscar Allen and... Aaron Cadman, I, I just try and stay away from from these, um, you know, key key position forwards, um, especially if they're, you know, Oscar Allen in particular is going to be in, in a poor side. You would think again uh, this year, and, and he's not going to be moving up the ground. He's an inflated price, probably passing there. I'm not going to touch Cadman at, at his price as a first year key forward. Um, yeah, that, look, that's pretty much about it. I think. One other one that you've sent through, Dylan, um, which uh, we should have talked about earlier, but we didn't. Uh, he's obviously not in the cheapy range, but is definitely worth having a look at. Is Sam Flanders? Is there any chance he sort of has that that Took Miller Took Miller midfield role? We we saw it in the practice games a little bit when Took was injured. Is is Sam Flanders? Is he going to push up in the guts at all? Yeah, I'm not really sure, and so I guess that he's not cheap enough to be a rookie, and he's he's at that awkward price where he's not. Yeah, there's just a lot of question marks over him. I could see him being a solid pick there potentially, but I mean, at the price point, why don't you just wait a couple of weeks and see how he goes the first fortnight? Yeah, Tuk Miller's been confirmed in for, for round one and over his issues. So, mm. yeah, to pick him with any confidence, I would have loved to have seen him actually play with Tuk, so I'm not confident in his role. No, neither am I. Um, one more, a couple more rookies. Luke Pedler, uh, I think he's going to play for Adelaide. He, uh, yeah, he comes with comes with decent raps on him. I've had a couple of Crows mates tell me that uh, he's he's going to be a good player, so um, he could be one to keep an eye on. Um, again, slightly elevated price, but potentially worth it. And the last one is Ben King. Uh, Dylan, are you? There's just there's going to be too many options to take a key forward, right? We're not going to need to scrape the barrel with it with a key forward, are we? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. There's enough others floating about that have better roles and I think we look there first. Love it, boys. Uh, that's the forward line done. Don't forget to go back and have a look, uh, listen to some of our previous podcasts if you want to hear what we're doing in the other lines on the field. Uh, now, boys, we're really excited to link up with Better for the 2023 footy season. So each round of the season, we're going to be producing exclusive SC Playbook special markets of our own. Um, this week, we've got our round one play. Now, unfortunately, Better doesn't have super coach markets, but they do have AFL fantasy markets. So uh, that's very exciting for those of us who, uh, who back their fantasy sports abilities and, uh, and want to see it translate into a couple of extra dollars. So this week, our round one play is Max Gorn, 100 plus fantasy points uh, into Brody Grundy, two plus goals. Uh, and that is paying two dollars. Uh, sorry, five dollars seventy over on Better. Um, I think that's pretty decent value. Nico, are you backing the two Demons boys to to sort of coexist in that manner? Is this super coach points or is this? Uh, this is a hundred plus fantasy points fantasy for Gorney and okay. two goals for Brody Grundy. Don't mind Gorney to 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 hit that. Oh, look, I'm not. I don't really know much about the other game to be honest. But um, oh, I wouldn't be going Grundy two goals. I reckon he might be struggling there. He might make <laughs> one. He struggles to, to mark and, and, and be a, a decent set shot. So yeah. They're gonna I'm carve like, up they're gonna carve up the Bulldogs, Nico. I'm I'm yeah, I'm tipping a big Melbourne win on Saturday night. Maybe. Maybe. Um if you do want to follow along, sounds like Nico won't be following along, but I certainly will be. Um you can find the link to the market in any of our articles at scplaybook.com.au. It's also in our YouTube description and it is remember it's only for those aged eighteen plus only. Please remember to gamble responsibly. Um, we only have the one listener question today, Nico, um, but it was a really good question. So I wanted to I wanted to throw it to you. 
Um, this it comes from Tim Patton on Facebook. Tim wants to know he's listed Hinge, Setterfield, and Bergman. Obviously, referring to Mitch Hinge, uh, Setterf- Will Setterfield from the Bombers, and Miles Bergman from uh, Port Adelaide. He says they're all breakout potentials to make 150k plus, yet none are getting a mention. Um, Slightly more of a statement than a question from Tim, um, but I do like it nonetheless because he's right. Um, apart from Setterfield, I haven't seen anything about those other two guys. Uh, have they come across your radar at all? And, and what do you think about Tim's uh, Tim's suggestion there? Look, Hinge did catch my eye because he, he scored pretty well in the practice match. Uh, Will Setterfield, I've actually picked him up in draft, so I think he's a decent shout. Uh, Bergman, I just worry about job security with him. Is he actually going to be best 22 or like we've touched on a couple of times is he going to have a bad game and then be a sub or, or out of the team so all these three guys are around that 350 to 375k range um, so tim makes it sound like it's pretty easy to make 150k from these guys but they actually they're priced at 70 points an average of 70 points in order to make 150k they need to average probably just under 100 or, or on 100 to make it 150k so straight away i'm going to say hinge is not going to average 100 um straight away i'm going to say bergman's not going to average 100 so the other one you know setterfield maybe but yeah. is he really is he going to get that role if he does get the role then then i can see it happening um i'd be happy if you you know tim if you wanted to to take the punt i'd probably go with setterfield on that one in the guts and, and yeah. hopefully the role works out um, but I wouldn't be touching the other two. Yeah, Satterfield's the clear number one for me out of those three. I just I think we've seen Bergman sort of had a couple of opportunities through the midfield, and I'm not sure he's blown anyone away. Um, he looks so like strong in the midfield too. Quite strong right? in the midfield. I think Bergman's going to be okay. He's he's an AFL footballer for sure. I'm just not you know I'm not sure if he's ready to sort of take that step up to 100 like you say, Nico. Um, is Satterfield the pick of that bunch for you too, Dylan? Yeah, definitely 100. percent Yeah, I think he's he's a chance to get that. That, that sort of inside tough midfield role at the Bombers that we've been crying out for. He's a bit taller as well, which I, I like from an inside mid. He sort of, uh, yeah, he looks okay. I think he's going to be all right. Again, averaging 100 is a, is a tough ask, and there are a lot of mouths to feed in that Bombers midfield too, surprisingly. You wouldn't know it given how... It only has how, to be 100 over six weeks. Like, but yeah, 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 true. Um, boys, uh, this is a quick little new segment I wanted to try for you because I've got a lot on my mind coming into round one and uh, I need some answers. So... I've called this round quick fire questions. Um, I'm just going to fire a question. I'm going to throw, throw these questions open to both of you. Um, I'm going to start with you, Nico, and then we're going to go to Dylan. Um, we've got 11 questions. I don't know why I went with 11. It was just the 11 things I had on my mind. Um, want to be as quick fire as possible. Basically, I want one word, two word answers out from you. The first thing that comes into your head. Um, okay. First question, biggest super coach breakout candidate in 2023? Tom Green. I've backed him for the brown load $151. Absolutely love it. Dylan? Um, shit. <laughs> um, let's go. Oh, I'm going to go Ashcroft. I'll back Ashy in. I think he'll average 85 plus. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, Dylan, you can stay with you. Supercoach player in 2023, most likely to underperform versus expectations. Tom Green was my go for that. Oh, shots fired. I love it. Fantastic. Nico? This is why this year is so good. Everyone's got differing opinions. Exactly. We're all respectful about them, yeah. of course, usually. Underperforming. Errol. I reckon Errol Gordon could maybe Ooh. drop 270s. Wow, I love that. So you reckon 270s off the bat, round one, round two? I can, I can just see it happening. Yeah, it does. It, it, is, a, it is a big possibility, isn't it? Um, Nico, who wins the flag? Sydney? Dylan? Brisbane. I'm going with Richmond. So we've got three different wow. answers there. I like that. Richmond's interesting. I love the Tigers this year. I think they're going to be fantastic. They they remind me of sort of the, the Golden State Warriors in the in the NBA. They're just they're aging, but they know what it takes. They've still got the stars. I'm all in on them. Um Wooden Spoon, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with St. Kilda, Nico. Ooh, uh Hawks for me. I was looking at the over-unders last night on uh, on better and St. Kilda's over-under was 10.5 games. Oh, okay. That's that's not going to happen. There's no, absolutely no way they get anywhere near that. I think they're going to be terrible. Um, overall top-scoring Supercoach player in 2023, Nico? Rory Laird. It's got to be Laird, doesn't it, Dylan? Yeah, I would think so, yeah. Only sort of chance. Clayton Oliver, probably yep. a chance. I keep talking about this, like running eight or nine blokes through the midfield and having different roles. I just, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a little bit gives you the heebie-jeebies, doesn't it? Mm. Um, Dylan, you can only pick one: Elliot Yo or Nat Fife. Yo, easily. Dylan, uh, sorry, Nico. Yep. Tick. Okay. Pick one, Nico. Sheed or Warple? Warple. Dylan. <laughs> yeah, neither. <laughs> but probably <laughs> Warple if he needed one. I'd go Warple too. Dylan, Gorn or Grundy? Supercoach. Yep. Gorn. Nico. Yeah, Gorn. Laird or Oliver, Nico? Laird. Dylan? Yeah, Laird. What about, I should have changed this one out a little bit. What about Oliver or Neil, Nico? I'm going to go Neil. Dylan, Oliver or Neil? No, Oliver. Love it. Um, Dylan, Doherty or Stewart? Oh, I'd love you to tell me. That's what I'm sort of tossing up. <laughs> it's a hard one. That's why I'm asking you. Um, it's easy. Nico Doherty. will say Doherty. Yeah. Doherty. It's got to be Doherty. Yeah. It's got to be Doherty. Yeah. I, I feel great about fading Tom Stewart this year. Same. I feel really good about it. I I just, again, I, I was thinking about it when I was writing my um, team reveal today. I'm not just not sure if Carlton, like with, with Carlton, they need Doherty, right? Like he's, he's potentially their best player. He uses the ball really well. He's tough. Did Geelong really need Tom Stewart to be bringing the ball out of defense? Like, is he that good of a kick? Like, am I missing something? I just don't think he's he's disposable. His disposal's that good. And you've got Jack Bowes down there now, who who is a good kick of the football. Um, yeah, I'm just not sure they need him, Nico. Oh, look, yeah, he probably gets more points from his intercept skills than, than, than anything, and then switching across half back. But that's what I was yeah. going to say. I actually feel like Stewart is more important to Geelong than Doherty is to Carlton. Wow. Hence, he draws the tag. Hence, makes Doherty a better option. That's Interesting. Logic. Interesting. Yeah, we've got very, very different, very different lines of thought there. <laughs> yeah, we've, I think we've solved it though. Um, that just about does us for the podcast today, boys. Extra long one. Uh, wouldn't have, yeah, fantastic to have the both of you on. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking Supercoach tonight. Um, we'll be in touch through the week. Uh, if you're not in our WhatsApp chat, this is going to be the best week ever to get in it. Please have a look on the SC Playbook website. Uh, it's it's going to be must-see viewing in the WhatsApp chat this week. Nico, anything final before we go? Yeah, just one last point. I, I freaked out last year um, thinking I had to get my team all set and perfect Thursday night. You don't need to do that. So just make sure you've got your Carlton and Richmond players set and then you've got, you know, all day Friday to, to sort it out as well. So don't, yeah. you got you still got unlimited trades after after Thursday night's game. Are you telling me I don't need to spend all eight and a half hours of my work day on Thursday looking at my team, Nico? We can do, but we do it on Friday as well. <laughs> true, true. Just add an extra day into it. I love it. Uh, Dylan, any final, any, any final words of wisdom or advice from you? Nah, bring it on. Back your gut. Don't flip-flop at the last minute just because you see someone post something on Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be my one bit of advice. One thing yeah. to say, though, another thing to do it. Definitely. In, over the course of this podcast, you guys have talked me in and out of about five different guys. So yeah. um, I'm probably going to go and spend the next hour and a half tinkering with my team. So better let you boys go. Uh, it's fantastic to speak to you guys. Uh, we'll speak to you next week.